0: Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast live on all your favorite channels. Man, I love this new media landscape. You can go live on demand on whatever channel you want. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Today, I'm joined by the phenomenal, a great friend of mine, awesome leader, one of the best creators I know, in the industry, Ayula John, also known as AJ, is a Nigerian-American entrepreneur, designer, and digital creator. AJ is the founder of Vladimir, an online learning community that prepares Black millennials for in-demand careers in tech, design, finance, and entrepreneurship. He's also the digital program manager at Chevron, where he leads a team of software engineers, designers, and data scientists on a journey of digital transformation. A trained engineer and entrepreneur, AJ has managed to navigate solving global energy problems, thriving on Wall Street, and building digital technologies at some of the largest global corporations, including Goldman Sachs, ExxonMobil, and BP. As a speaker and moderator, AJ has presented at LinkedIn, the University of Houston, and South by Southwest, one of the largest tech and media conferences in the world. AJ has also been featured by Google, Parameters Magazine, Noir TV, Society and Tech, and many, many more other publications. You know, I'm really excited because today we're really going to dive deep on him, on his story, his background, how he built Vladimir, but also his passion as a creative technologist. You know, AJ and I, we're both, tech geeks and also creators at heart. And we're really going to go deep on some of the things he's thinking in the future of design, as well as how we're shifting from user experience to now thinking about human experience. It's going to be a wonderful discussion. And if you are tuning in, please let us know where you're tuning in from. With that said, let me bring on AJ. What's good, man? <laughs> hey everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's up? What's up, my brother, man? I'm I'm excited for this uh for this just conversation, honestly. I think it's yeah. uh highly anticipated. Uh highly
0: anticipated,
1: highly anticipated, anticipated. highly anticipated. asked
0: for. It. <laughs> <laughs> so how have yeah. you been hanging there during COVID, man?
1: Man, I've been doing good. Like I started off like panicking to be honest with you. It just started off like the first the first couple of weeks yeah. with just like intense panic. And then I got used to it. And then I, you know, did yeah. some more reflection. And, and right now, I think I'm, you know, smooth sailing. It uh, feels yeah. good right now. Um, Now I'm just enjoying sort of the transition. You know what's funny? I wanted to bring up something before we started. So last year, you yeah. spent the entire year talking about the coming of the future of work. And you were right. Yeah. You were 100% <laughs> right. And it is the craziest thing to me, dog. Like, you said, yeah. you said, you're yeah. like, 2020, the future of work's coming. And it did. Yeah. Um, so I just want to, I just want to let you know that in case you didn't think about that. Yeah, dude, dude. Thanks, man.
0: Thanks, man. So I would love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, your background and, you know, how you've been playing in the tech arena for so long as a creative and as a technologist and, you know, what led you to, to building Vladimir, man?
1: Yeah. So, so I'll share, I think my journey with technology actually, uh, started, uh, so I was, I was born in, I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, um, and, you know, growing up in Lagos, Nigeria, like. Personally, I didn't, I mean, first of all, it was like, you know, a long time ago now. You say, yeah. you talk about a decade ago, like it was a long time ago, yeah. um, but but these are actually very quite different. And being in Nigeria, I actually had less access to the internet. I had le- less access to computers. Um, I didn't have access to computers growing up. I had, I had access to, you know, like I had some rich friends that had cell phones and these were like the black and white cell phones. And I remember um, my first time getting on the internet was on like a flip phone. It was like an 0 O2 phone. One of my rich friends had, and I remember I just kind of made it up as I went. So he was like, oh, "I'm trying to download a game on my phone." I was like, "I got you. I'm gonna do it for you." I had no idea. Like I, would never used the, the internet before, and you know, I flipped this phone and I figured it out. And I've always been fascinated by it. Um, I remember when I got my first sort of, um, I got my first mobile phone. Um, yeah. it was, I think it was a Sagem phone. And I started getting on the internet on it. The internet was so bad. Like i will have to like, <laughs> i will have to go around with the phone and like find like the right service. And when I found like a, when I found, I don't know if it actually was real, or it was a myth, but when I found a spot that had a good connection, I would just hold my phone up there while I downloaded like a game to play or, um, or things like that. And then I ended up building my first website back then, um, made a nice little forum. And, you know, I've always, I think one thing that's really fascinated me about just technology mm. and it, its it's its ability to connect people. Um, and so, when mm. I mean, my first, my first, I guess, online venture was really a forum where we just like got to get a bunch of other geeks and talked about technology, talked about the internet, and uh, and I enjoyed it. And ever since, i just kind of created other things that I found interesting. Um, but the internet has been sort of my vehicle to just share with the world and say, "Hey, like, check this out! Look at what I created! Like, what do you think about it?" Um yeah. and collaborate with other people as well. So that's been how I've used it, and it hasn't really changed much. I think for me the internet and technology is still about connecting people and collaborating with people and just getting ideas out. And so I guess it's no surprise that right now I'm working on Mm -hmm. an education company over the internet because it's still the same mission of like getting ideas Mm -hmm. out through the internet and collaborating people and sharing knowledge. Um, And so uh, I found sort of my learning journey to be, you know, interesting and I I really want other people to have similar experiences better experiences where Mm. I'm not necessarily going to school to learn. You know, I didn't study computer science in school. I didn't study anything in in that school. I I went to school for petroleum engineering. Yeah, I went to school for petroleum engineering. I should be drilling oil and gas right now, but I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm building technology and so yeah. so I think, I think for me I know it's possible because I've been through it and so but I also know it's rewarding because you know I've been through it and I've seen what it actually takes to, to learn out of curiosity as opposed to out of necessity and so that's what I hope that Vladimir can provide for other people it's just that platform where you can go learn things because you actually care about it and you can learn from people that look like you um, mm-hmm. and, and people that have your best interests at heart um, so that that's really what I hope Vladimir can help people accomplish
0: I love that. I love that. So shout out to Sage who is tuning in. He's saying, "Hey guys, shout out to Joanne Meyer. Thank you so much, Joanne, for tuning <laughs> shout in." Shout out to Joanne. Mo- much love to you, name Joanne. Name. I love you. She's tuning in from Houston as well. <laughs> so, Winter Fred, hey Winter Fred, hello from Charlotte, North Carolina. What is the topic today? Today we are talking to the Ayula, uh, and he is the CEO of Vladimir. We're going to be talking a little bit about his background as well as his love for tech and also kind of you know what he's been building. Vladimir and where he sees the future of design and just technology going. So we're going to be chit-chatting about that with a friend. Shout out to Ibrahim Salau. Salute. <laughs> Hello, everyone from Florida. Always exciting to listen to Tim's series. Thank you so much, Ibrahim. I appreciate you, man. You know, it's so funny. We have the same exact last name, Ibrahim. That's so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, so, you know, Ayala, let me talk to you, man, because, you know, you're, you, you've been really You've been active doing so much, you know, and I think what I love about what you're building with Vladimir is the fact that it comes from such a honest, transparent, and more importantly, it's something that the world needs right now, right? You know, I want to ask you, you also have Vladimir, you also have Astro Media Lab as well, right? (laughs) So talk to us a little bit about Astro Media Lab and what kind of ignited you kind of building this creative digital global
1: agency. Right, so you know what's funny? Uh, this I've, I think I've never really shared this story with people like as as honestly as this. But what the way why I build why I started building Astro Media Lab? And if you don't know, Astro Media Lab, it, it's a um, you know, at its core, cool, it really has no definition. But if I, if I'm to define it, it's a, it's a human experience design lab. What it means mm. is we, we experiment with um, human experiences. So how can we design human experiences that cater to like things that we actually care about? Things like you know, anxiety and and, mm. and our mental health and our well being and our happiness and our spirituality. So, so things that are inherently human. How do we design experiences around that? That's that's what Astro Media Lab is. And you know, I'm I'm the creative director, I guess, um, for it. But but the reason why I really started building it was, you know, I've always, I've I've always been creative as a person. Mm. But I didn't I didn't realize that. I didn't give myself permission to create. Right? Like growing up, um, I always sort of saw myself as like, oh, I'm, I'm I can't sing, you know, I yeah. can't play, I can't play an instrument. Like, you know, I can't do anything creative. I can't draw, you know, and. I always sort of told myself that I reinforced that, you know, to myself, like, oh, you're not creative, just focus on like engineering, focus on, you know, machining. Mm And not until recently that I actually started giving myself, you know, the permission to create. And I realized, Oh my God, I'm very creative. In fact, we're all creative. Um, It's just a matter of giving yourself permission to explore. And the creative process is very much like an engineering process. It's like a scientific process because you're really just iterating on ideas and you're trying it out and you're testing ideas and you're solving problems. And when I realized I was like, Whoa, oh my God, like this is important. I need to share this with people. Um, and so, with Vladimir, you know, one of my goals was to, you know, I really wanted to build a tech company. I wanted to, I wanted to really push out a lot of, you know, my ideas with like my passion for technology and design. Mm. And I realized, you know what, Vladimir is not that company. Vladimir is a company mm. that's focused on people, on community, mm. and focused on on improving experiences. I cannot force technology and design down the throat of people that I really just want to help with just knowledge mm. information. So I, had mm. to, and this is just a personal choice. I had to abstract away, you know, my experiments from Vladimir cause that's just not fair to, to students that, you know, mm. that expect me to be focused on your best interest. So I am, um, And so because Vladimir is not sort of traditional, like we're not building like, you know, like crazy technology, right? Yeah. Um, Because we're focused on the content of the community and the people. Then Astro Media Lab is sort of my creative outlet where I can experiment on other things I'm passionate about, like specifically, you know, like cutting edge augmented reality and artificial intelligence technology, but also design and even production. Um, so so that that's how I kind of spend my time in and actually really lab has been so much fun I and mean, I've, I've done collaborations with like really big celebrities and you know even small creators and 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 everywhere in between and the way it works is, you know, we just kind of think about ideas, like what can we work mm. on? What do we think would be helpful for humans? How do we solve problems? And I collaborate with the best people on the planet kind of thinking mm. about that, and then we just make something happen.
0: Um, yeah, so who, yeah. who have been some of the few people that you've collaborated with, man? Because I mean, you've been doing, you've done AR filters, with yeah, this artist from um from Africa that's popping right now, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, so I think the number one artist in Africa right now, DeVito, um, wow. we did the collaboration. So we did the uh official filter for for that album, a uh, good time album. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I also did a collaboration with credit Belo, So uh, he's signed to Maven Records. Very popping artist. Um, and so we did a collaboration, the official filter for for his uh, his recent single. Um, we're also working on actually a follow up collaboration right now for his his next single. And you know what's interesting? Wow. Now that now that um, sort of everyone is there is a quarantine going on, everyone's going indoors. Like a lot of artists actually started to reach out to me, saying like, how can we create digital music experiences? Like how, basically, how can you create digital music videos? Because. They can't be out and about right now shooting videos on the streets or whatever because there's a quarantine. And so like people are actually more interested in in uh digital music videos. Like Migos recently launched um partner with um with a, uh, a really, really good cat, um Idris Sandu. And they they put out this like this music video for for tacos and that was Taco Tuesday, and that was like really cool. It's like there's actually <laughs> shifts. There's a shift now, people start to realize, oh my God, like digital experiences mm. are Uh, delightful people enjoy digital experiences like maybe i don't even need to make like spend a million dollars on a music music video video. that's crazy yeah throwing cash and and showing explicit content maybe i can actually create more immersive digital digital experiences for my for my fans and Mm. um I think, I think that's, that's only going to grow. And and for me, I've seen a lot of demand. I think for me, it would ask be I actually, I actually decline more collaborations than I, than I accept. So mm. it's, most times I'm saying no, no, no. It's just because I want to focus on the most interesting things mm. and the most, um, rewarding things. And, and once in a while, you know, I'll do partnership. I'll do collaborations uh, with with people that, you know, maybe they you wouldn't have access to technology any other way. You know, maybe they wouldn't yeah. have access to good design any other way. And I'll just collaborate with them and, like, let's make something happen. But I've done everything from um, from uh, when I say I, it's really been me and, like, just different people have collaborated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With collaborate. <laughs> so we, we've done things from, from product design to, mm. uh, you know, augmented reality filters to um, to uh, you know, uh, AI applications. To wow, um, we've also done just like simple logos and 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 you know like simple UI design. So it's, it's sort of all around the spectrum. Um, right now, a few projects we have in the works are um, something around sort of meditation and spirituality. Mm. Um, we also have uh, something else around just like, you know, how do you make, how do you, how do you help other people be creative? How do you help other people create music? Uh, how mm. do you help, like, how can my mom create beats? Like, how can my mom <laughs> create like, hit, like hits, like, like good music, you know, and using technology, because that's possible. So mm. working on things like that, it's really just, how can we enhance the human experience using technology in like an honest way, not like a, mm. I want to raise some money and, you know, look cool way, but like in an honest way, like, you know, just mm. it's an experiment. So it's a laboratory. Um, yeah. I mm, think recently I favorite science over engineering. It's funny.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it. no, you're a creative scientist. So shout out to Kimberly who is saying there's so much innovation in Africa. Right now, happening in Africa. True that, true that, Kimberly. Kimberly, Kimberly is also saying there's no standardized definition on creativity. Agree with you 110%, Mrs. Friedman. You know, how do you feel about that, Ayula? There is no standardized
1: definition on creativity. I agree. I agree. You know, you know, I, I've my perspective on design is so different, right? Everything is design. Literally, mm-hmm. everything. And we don't, we don't, we we and you know, you're you're a designer at, at heart. So I know you get this, but most people still don't understand. It's like yeah. every single thing, you know, I'm drinking out of a bottle. Like this bottle was designed, <laughs> you know, like, right. like opening the cab and drinking it. Like it's it's such a seamless experience, but you don't think about sort of how this was designed and why it fits in my hand, right? Um and so from that to like, you know, designing physical products, right, that's design. But experience is also designed. Like you go to Disney World, like you feel a certain way. Even when artists produce music, you know, they evoke certain emotions, the chords they use evoke mm. emotions, and that then itself is design, right? Like artists spend so much time and effort trying to make sure when you listen to an album, just the transitions between each song. And you take it for granted. You just you just listen to songs randomly. You but, do. I, <laughs> yeah, but it so much effort to make sure like one song ends the other song transitions in a seamless way. Um and that is design. Um mm-hmm. So, so even the things that you just take for granted, you just look over, no, all these things are designed. And there's there's always an opportunity to improve designs, right? There's an opportunity throughout your day, like you're writing on a whiteboard and you realize, okay, I'm not enjoying this experience. Well, there's a way to improve that design. And it's really problem solving approach, right? You don't just, I don't think, so there's a story. I'll tell you the story. Uh, there's a story I've, I heard and I, it really resonated with me. Yeah. And I think it was this, so imagine a, uh, I guess a, a big like, college building. So there's this college, they have this really big building. Think about it like a library, right? And there's mm-hmm. a lawn around it, right? And you already know this story, but there's a lawn around it. And you're trying to figure out the best, like you're trying to build a a, a path, like a, a walking yeah. path, right? You're trying to get a path for people to walk to get access to the building. And so they hired all these like, you know, designers and all these architects or whatever. And you're all debating, like, okay, let's make it a straight path. Let's make it a curvy path. Let's make it, you know, let's try to, let's, you know, let's design what the, what the sidewalk should look like. And the, the final, the designer that actually, you know, that actually got the gig, he was like, nah, don't design nothing. Just put the grass on there. Just just put grass. <laughs> he said, don't build a sidewalk. Don't build any pathway. Just put grass. And after a year of just grass, the sidewalk that people wanted started to emerge because people started to walk on the grass in the, in different ways, right? And so they started to leave, like... You know pathways like when you when you walk on the grass over time the grass starts to die and so you start to this the actual path starts to emerge. This is how people actually walk to get access to library and then let's build a sidewalk. Let's put concrete on that path that was already created by people that is designed it's not Mm. trying to impose oh this is how things should happen it's not like how do things happen and how can i best support them how can i best support human beings and your original experiences because do you have any sidewalks people have designed where people don't even walk on people just walk across yeah it's because it wasn't designed it was just put there right so so that 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 for me that that's important right and always just always thinking about people first always thinking about um how can you how can you empower people with your design and not just mm-hmm. not con, not constrain them? Um, those those are the kind of things I think about.
0: I love it. I love it. So shout out to Moni Fleeky who is saying I agree with you. <laughs> Everything starts from design. It stems from design. You know, Stephanie is just joining us. Shout out to Miss Stephanie Liu. Lights, camera live <laughs> lights, <laughs> camera live uh, stephanie lou is pretty amazing she'd love stories as well i was about to say lights camera action i'm like no that's not stephanie <laughs> that's
1: <all right. laughs> so,
0: shout out to joanne meyer who's saying best design that meets customer needs so the best design always finds finds a way to meet customer needs. I I agree with you 100, Joanne, and I, I'm sure Ayula believes the same. So Kimberly is chatting with Winifred in the chat, and she is saying, "You are right. Engineering can be used in unexpected ways, right?" And I think what's so interesting about you, Ayula, is you're a creative engineer, right? It's not just right. right you like create. You like creating. You like design, or you like technology. You kind of see it at a, from a holistic sense. And you know what I love about what you're doing with. Astro Media Lab is that you're actually pushing the boundaries on where design is going right mm-hmm. right now for a long time you know we as designers we understand what user experience it but now we're moving towards a more augmented generation so I would love for you to share a little bit more about you know this idea around human experience right you know what what are you kind of looking at in that area that has really sparked your interest and you know you're channeling through
1: Astro Media Lab Right. So, so I have been, I've been um, very big on philosophy recently. So um, I, I, I've been, I've been very uh, in tune with just like understanding, understanding great thinkers of the past and understanding the things they think about. So, so think like, like Aristotle, Plato and, you know, going into, into, you know, uh, more recent thinkers like, like Ren, uh, or Descartes or, um, well, St. Augustine, right? These people have thought about a lot of things when it comes to humanity. And yeah. I've I've been thinking a lot about the things they've thought about. And I've also been thinking a lot about just like my own thoughts. And and what the conclusion I've come to is like, one, this is not this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be new information to everybody, but history does repeat itself. That's like
0: mm.
1: um because because you go into history and it's like the same thing happens over and over again. Um another thing that you, you look at is that there is nothing new under the sun. So so like a lot of things we 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 look at today and we're like, oh, this is original. No, they're not original. They've all happened before, right? And yeah. you can sort of go back into the past and go back into these these thought processes and, and see things that that um that have happened before. You can see, you can literally study history and see things that things that caused human sort of decline and, and decline in just human perspar- prosperity. And you can see things that caused the uh, uh, sort of uh, things that sparked human prosperity. Right. And you can go back and like, mm-hmm. okay, what are you can actually reverse engineer a lot of these things. Like, okay, what made it possible that the Renaissance was so good or the Renaissance was so interesting. And why was the dark ages? So, so dark? like what, 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 what about it? Right. You can go all the way back to, back to the Greek societies and things like that. And, and my thing is, you know, because I understand a lot of these things and, you know, I, in my daily experience, just like with with human beings, like, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people. I like I like to engage with yeah. people and I'm learning more about people I'm learning about what motivates them, like mm. why people do what they do. Um, you know, I read a lot of books about people and I'm realizing, like, oh, my God, like. A lot of people don't understand themselves first of all, like just generally, like people don't understand themselves, let so alone mm-hmm. other people. And for me, I don't even feel like I understand myself fully yet. Just because the more I learned, the more I realize, oh my God, I'm so clueless. Um, and so because of it, I feel like now more than ever it's important that we start to learn about ourselves like before we even like try to go like you know we're, we're spending time and don't get me wrong i love space but we're spending time trying to go to space and trying to do all these things but yeah. we've even going to ourselves we haven't even learned mm. about ourselves right like and that's you're right here you know like this is just you don't have to travel to do that right just going to yourself and so for me i am trying to push that as like an ethos first of all it's just like hey like go back into yourself and and reveal things about yourself. And, 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 you know, I'm trying to understand you, but I'm also trying to help you understand you better. Like as a first step, just let's learn more about ourselves. And I feel like once we can learn more about ourselves, then we can start learning more about our immediate surroundings and we can Mm. start learning about our communities. And and until you learn about yourself and learn about communities, you can't really help your communities because you don't know them. Um, And then let's start learning about our world. And then maybe let's start learning about space. Um, So it's really like a, it's really a, I guess, a journey to enlightenment with design. Yeah. I'm trying to get like super deep on this or whatever, but but I really think that um, you know, as a as a society um, or as humans, like you know, we have our brain. Our brain is pretty good, but it's it's not. It doesn't it doesn't give us all the all the all the answers. Um, mm. And so it's really important to to spend the time thinking and spend the time designing experiences and experimenting with just human experiences, like like you know. We have things today, for example, like we have things like social media, where social media was designed to improve mm-hmm. the human experience, to improve human conditions, right? But we have the highest rates of, of mental illness than we've ever had in in forever. Like we've mm-hmm. never had this, this high rates of mental illness and anxiety. Um, and... And that's scary because it's like, you know, these things were supposedly designed to help us and to make us feel better, um, but it's not making us feel better. It's making us feel worse about ourselves. And, and so and so a lot of things we accept to be true. So a lot of things that are popular are not true. They're not always right. They're not always the right thing. And so it's really important as, as thinkers and as designers to challenge the things that we trust so much, right? If I had a dollar for every time a new designer was designing something and you're like, yeah, this should work because Amazon does it, or this should work because Google yeah. does it, right? It's like. You can't not. You cannot do that because just because you know they've done this and they're doing it at a scale and it's working doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's true. Um, it's your responsibility to learn more about yourself, learn more about other people, learn more about history, and try to figure out things that are indeed true. Uh, because by definition, true is like like by definition, right? Multiple things cannot be true. Like, you know what I'm saying? If you're, mm. if you're talking about truth, right? There's one, there's the truth, right? And everything else is false, right? And so mm. so it's important that you kind of go on that journey of the truth. Like not what's popular, not what's common, but what is true, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, what, and, I, and what's like,
0: essential too, right? What's like, what's, yes. a, what's true and essential?
1: Yes, exactly. And so, and I think design helps you to go on that journey. Uh, because you can try out different things and you can see how you respond. Mm-hmm. Like for example, uh, Astro Media Lab. We launched a we launched a filter. It was really an experiment, right? We launched this mm-hmm. uh, this uh, LightShare Plus filter, and the filter reached um, I think over half a million people were using the filter within two weeks, right? Yeah. And people look at that and you're like, wow. Like people, don't, first of all, people don't understand that. People don't understand the scale, what that means. Where you launch a yeah. digital product and over half a million people are using it within two weeks, literally making taking selfies with this digital product and posting on Instagram. Like people don't understand that skill, but, but it's a lot. That's a lot of human beings, 500,000 human beings in two weeks is, is a lot. And the reason why I stress that is this, that just didn't happen. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't just like, oh, I just randomly launched this filter and then randomly everybody's using it. No, it was designed. Like I have a whiteboard behind me. I study, you know, behavioral psychology. I study more mm. based people. I study, you know, like there's a science to this. There's a science to how human beings work. I study these things and and I test it. Right, a lot of times I fail, but sometimes it works, and it's not just randomly. It's because I'm studying things. I'm I'm putting out products. I'm studying it. I'm putting out more products, and I'm just. I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about people. Like, okay, this motivates people, this doesn't motivate people, mm. this helps people, this doesn't help people. And it's so important that it's, a, that it's an experiment because you should be willing to take it back if it sucks, if it's not improving the human condition, you should be willing to take it back. It doesn't mm. have to be permanent, right? Um, and so so for me, it, you know, it's really taking that approach of like, okay, what's true? And how do I figure out what's true? By testing, just yeah. testing design, designing experiences. Oh, will this help improve your anxiety? No, all right, you know, let's, let's go back to the groundwork. <laughs> yeah. Let's, you know, let's let's review. Okay, this is help you improve your human experience. Yeah, okay, let's let's stick mm. with it, right? Like, I think what's behind me right now, if you look uh, at my board, it's actually uh, a workout. Uh, I'm building a habit of working out every day for the next three years, Right. And that's a science too, because that's that's that, this is a design for one. This is designed for myself. I'm not designing yeah. that for anybody. Right? That's not an app. That's a design for myself, right? So you have to live this, right? Like constantly experimenting. I'll tell you what. If this wasn't working, I would have erased it and tried something else, right? Like you know, because mm-hmm. I'm building a, a one man product right now. Yeah, it's working. It's working. Literally, I cannot go to bed without looking at that board and crossing out an X. You know, like that's my that's my reward for this. It's like every time wow. I, work out, I get to cross out an X, and I can literally cannot go to bed if I see an X missing there. And you know what's what's interesting? The more X's I cross out, the more unwilling I am to go a day without working out because then um, I lose my I lose my streak. I lose my X's. Right. That's yeah. not very different from Snapchat building a streak feature into their app. Like, oh, if you talk with your friend every day, you get like a bunch of streaks. Right. Similar, similar motivation, uh, sort of system. But mm. it's is designed for one, and I'm testing and experimenting on myself. So. Uh, That's kind of how I approach it, it's really an experiment and things that work stick and things that don't work go out the door.
0: Mm. You know, I, I think, so shout out to shout out to my homeboy, Mike Gates, one of the world's greatest educators. You know, he's saying space exploration is a misuse of funds at this point. <laughs> when we have failing schools and a growing homeless population, it is so hard to justify space travel, laugh out loud, unless Elon Musk is paying for it himself. <laughs> Hilarious. So Mike is all the thing, Gold, Ayula, Go sociology, and psych are the best Pairings for tech and innovation. Shout out to Mike for sharing those jobs. <laughs> He's also saying we must be experts on people to build anything. Absolutely. I agree, true, I agree. Absolutely true. You know, what are your thoughts on that, Ayula?
1: I agree. I've never seen anything that was created not for people. You know what I mean? Like, you look at things that were created, like bridges so people can walk on them, computers so people can, like, do business on them or talk on them, you know, microphones, like, water so people could drink from them. Like, What uh, I have not, I just can't think of anything that was like created, anything useful that's been created that's not been for people. And so when you start to realize that, like, oh my God, like every time I have this idea, every time I create something, it's usually for people, you know, to use it. Even if you're making like a, even if you're making pet food, you're just making it so people don't have to cook for their pets, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of things were designed for people. So how can you Mm. design for people when you haven't taken the time to understand people? you know, I, I've I've personally on my just a personal journey. I'm not like recommending. I don't think it's like the thing to do. But I've actually been going back on a journey of like, like I I really don't think I learned the things I should have learned in school. So I'm actually going back on a self education journey, and I'm learning. Yeah. I'm I'm relearning mathematics. I'm relearning. uh wow. I never I actually never learned philosophy. I'm I'm, I'm learning philosophy like through a curriculum. Um, I'm learning these things that i didn't I took for granted I'm learning history by myself things I took for granted uh, that I didn't really sort of uh, think mattered and now I'm realizing oh my god these things matter more than most things that i actually that I actually learned um tech book <laughs> uh these things actually matter uh, and so I'm going back and learning these things and, and it, because because I think that I, I strongly believe that like we design things for people so let's get to know people first so we can design the right things for them
0: Mm, mm. You know, I think, you know, what to, to Bob, my brother and co founder, is saying working out equals tech buff. So he, he's feeling which he's feeling you on this workout trend, making sure you're keeping your mind, your body, and more importantly, your craft um, in line. You know, and he's also sharing great insights. And Kimberly is actually saying, you know, Ayula, thanks for sharing your creativity and knowledge. It is inspiring. So appreciate you, man, for finding time to to be on the show, sharing all of these gems. You know, I want to dive even a little bit deeper with you, man, because you're you're speaking to a lot of people right now who are inspired by what you're saying. And I think you know everything you're talking about. You know, being on your own journey to self education, being okay to experiment, creative. It's truly, I think, a, a very one a very interesting way to see education. One, but also it's a very interesting way to see your craft. And you know, one of the things I often share about uh, on LinkedIn is, you know, you being passionate about what you do, you know, finding the fulfillment and joy in it. You know, I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, as a design technologist and a creative technologist, you know, who has been your biggest inspiration in your journey, man, you know, oh, as you're man. growing and developing? Yeah. So
1: I take, I feel like I take, that's a great question. I feel like I take inspiration at different phases of my, yeah. of my learning journey. Right. Cause, cause the truth is like, people are, I I don't want to use the word experts because, you know, I don't think they're real experts, right? Because because we, yeah. we all have something to learn, right? But but you know, for for lack of a better words, like there's people that are good at different things, right? And so, for me, my journey to learn different things, right, I find uh, certain people just inspiring. And I think one thing I want to point out here is like, mm. a lot of times I take inspiration from you know people that are living here and now. A lot of times I take inspiration from people that lived many years ago, thousands of years ago, right? Because a lot of times Mm. their ideas live on, and so I learn from their ideas. I'm like, oh my god, like this is amazing. Um, You know, like one recent person that I've been sort of learning from is is uh, is Plato, right? Like this man had this, uh, you know, he came up with this this uh, this concept, the the allegory of the of the cave, and 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 the idea was this: like, imagine if you were born, and you were basically like. You, you were chained to, you were facing the wall. So you were in a cave, you are born, you are in a cave. Let's say you're kneeling down, your hands behind your back, tied up behind your back and your body's chained to where you can't even turn left or turn right. And you're just like facing the cave wall, right? Yeah. And then there's a fire, there's a fire lit behind you. So there's a fire burning behind you. So there's the fire, there's you, and there's a the cave wall, you're facing the cave wall, right? If you, if you know, you understand like, if there's a fire behind you, it's probably casting a shadow on the wall. So there you go, tight you know, tied down, kneeling down in front of the cable and just looking at the cable and all you see is your shadow, right? And there's, let's say, three other people next to you and you all just see the shadows, right? And once in a while, these people that walk behind you, right? These people that walk behind you. And so their shadows get cast on the wall too. So your entire life, all you've ever known from when you were born to when you were like 50 is just, you know, tied behind your hands and looking at this cable and all you've ever known life to be was the shadows on the wall. That's all you've ever known life to be, right? And all of a sudden, one day, somebody unchains you and takes you outside. Like, do you know, like, you just be like, whoa, like, what? Like, this doesn't even make sense, right? And so the concept there is like, you know, as human beings, we're basically like those people tied down and looking at the cave wall and just experiencing shadows, right? Like, we don't even know it. Like, all we we know life to be today is just the shadows on the wall. Like, we actually don't have a full perspective of the universe. We don't have a full perspective of anything. Um, it's important because it really humbles you. You realize, oh my God, like everything I think I know, like I have a PhD and whatever, right? Like, yeah, you're smart, you know, based on material science, but just in general, like there's things that we don't know. And the quicker, the sooner you acknowledge that you don't know most things, um, the easier it is to sort of humble yourself enough to learn and learn, learn new things. And, you know, people talk about buying a bunch of books and, you know, like, yeah, you know, it, it's easy to look at people that buy a bunch of books and be like, you like, you know, you're just buying a bunch of books, you're wasting money or whatever you're trying to. Look yeah. Up. But, but I see, I see, I see value in it, right? Because like, you can yeah. buy a bunch of books. I feel like that's just proof that you're ignorant because you don't know enough, right? Because there are all mm-hmm. these books that you've not read, and so I feel like it's living proof that there's things to be learned, right? Even if you never mm-hmm. get them, just by seeing them, you know that I, I haven't read that book, so there's knowledge I don't have, and that's important. Because, mm-hmm. because you have to sort of understand it. So that's, you know, that's like somebody that's been inspiring me. Like that, that's an idea that's been inspiring me recently. You know, I've been inspired recently by people like St. Saint, Saint Augustine, you know, because, you know, because of their journeys in life. And mm-hmm. for more modern people, like I've been inspired by designers like Virgil Abloh. right? Just the ability mm-hmm. to transcend different design mediums has been very inspiring for me. Like Virgil has worked on furniture to music to uh, fashion, right? Yeah. And it's the same design ethos. And like, for me, that's that's been actually very inspiring because I've realized, oh my God, like I don't have to just design logos. Like I can design logos, I can design music, I can design- you know, buildings. I can design, yeah, I can design buildings, exactly. I can design, um, I can design anything. Like it's the same design process, the same experimental iterative process. You can design anything. And for me, that's been like the biggest thing that's just like opened my mind. And Virgil Abloh did that for me. Um, so I take inspiration from just different people at different times and 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 you know I, I try to study those people, study how they came to the to the decisions they came to. And um I try to sort of uh, to to learn from that, you know. I learned another thing I learned from Roger Abloh is the ability to um you know work on his creative venture. So he has he has, uh, has Off White, which is like a well-known like street brand, a uh, streetwear brand, right? Very popular, very uh I highly anticipated, um, but at the same time, you know, working as a creative director for Louis Vuitton, like arguably the largest fashion house on the planet, right? So being able to to work in both spaces at the same time—that's a new concept. That's not to me. That's not something that we've always sort of uh, done, you know, in the past. And that's a new concept. So you're working as a creative director of fashion house, but at the same time, you're running a your fashion brand. At the same time, you're doing collaborations with IKEA and all these different, um, you know, these different brands. I feel like that's important, and if you realize that's how I've modeled my life based on that today, yeah. right? Like I'm I'm working at Chevron at the same time I'm ru- I'm running an education company at the same time I'm also a creative director right? for for a um for a human experience design lab that I founded, right? So the ability to really just transcend um, those constraints and, and work in different spaces, I've learned that from him, and I've modeled my life off of that. So so mm. that's those are things that I learn, and I really I, I try not to just have a bunch of different people and study. I study very specific people. And I take what's worked for them and I can sort of adopt it and then test it. If it works, it sticks, if it doesn't work, it's out the door and I'm finding something else, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that's very future of work-esque, right? <laughs> Being able to you know abstract from different domains, but also kind of say you have multiple things that you're doing to, feel, to, to have a sense of fulfillment.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, and and I think, you know, and do you think that that this is going to be a common pattern that we see the next generation of talent uh, doing kind of like, you know, because it's possible now, right? Remote work is allowing you to abstract out your talent, your expertise. You don't necessarily have to, you know, go work on site for someone, you know, and completely only settle for that anymore.
1: Right, I think it's an inevitable future. Um, you know, like looking at looking at the, the the tech companies we admire today, right? Like like Twitter says, everybody can work from home, and definitely like Facebook recently announced, like you know, fifty uh, percent of our workforce are going to be working, you know, remotely over the next ten years, right? And so so there's going to be this like redistribution of of, of talent, like people are going to be working wherever they wherever they 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 choose to work. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 because of that, you're gonna have they're also gonna have more autonomy over their work, they're gonna have more control over their time. They can literally like work from from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. and then go play golf from 9 to 12 and then come back. Like people are gonna have a lot more autonomy, people can do more things. And I think that people are gonna people are finally gonna give themselves permission to to try out different things they've always been passionate about, different things they care about. Um and what you're gonna see, you're gonna see more people just willing to do more things, like more than one band at the same time. Um and it's not that scary. It's not that hard. Like I feel like a lot of people can like a lot of people do it already, but maybe they don't give themselves enough permission to just do multiple things because you're not a you're a multi-dimensional being. Like you're not just like, yeah, you're you're completely um yeah, you have complete permission to do different things, right? Like you're a human being, like you should be exploring different things and, and be learning more about you know your planet and your world and, and your existence, right? That's to me, that's that's important. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're dynamic beings. And it's something that I often, you know, it's okay to be a multi-potentialite, right? It's okay to have a variety of different areas that you're passionate about. It's all a matter of how do you fuse them together and, you know, find a sense of fulfillment, you know? And and so I want to talk to you a little bit more about, you know, for you, you know, you're doing a variety of different things. You know, why do you think it's so important for us to do the things that are essential,
1: right? Oh man, that's a good question. So, so I don't think I have to stress this one enough. But just like look at what happened when you know we the pandemic came, right? Like yeah. we live, we live in a free enterprise, right? We live in America, the city. It's it's a free country. It's a, it's a free enterprise. Like we have a capitalist society, right? Now, a pandemic comes and there's an order to shut down your business. Like that is crazy to me <laughs> yeah. in a capitalist society in a capitalist free enterprise. Society, there was an order to shut down your business. Now, I'm not saying that order was wrong. It was, I think, it was you know the best course of action to ensure our safety. But what is true is that there are people that were deemed essential and there were people that were deemed unessential, right? So, like, I don't have to stress this enough. But do you, in the in the time of pandemic, do you want to be the person where there's an order to shut down your business because you're unessential, mm-hmm. or the person who is considered essential that can continue to provide your service to the society? To society? And I think that's important to now understand, right? Something we never really thought about, right? Like, yeah. you know, like because important- what we're realizing is the internet is essential. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> technology exactly. is essential, right? It's <laughs> essential, and we're realizing, oh wow, so this is actually essential, and this is not, right? Like yeah. me, you know, running this club is not essential, right? Like my restaurant is not even, even though I, I'm providing food, it's really not that essential. What's essential is delivering food to people, right? Like being able to. Mm. Get food. The supply chain is essential but my yeah. big dining room is not that essential right wow. My movie theater is not that essential right netflix is bit more essential you know like i think for me i'm not even prescribing anything i'm just saying hey look around you everyone that's watching this look around you try to like do not miss this opportunity to categorize what's essential and what's not essential you know this is not the first pandemic that's happened right this yeah. is not the this is not the this is not this is not the wildest pandemic that's happened to humanity in in the dark ages there was a black death so the bubonic plate and the mnemonic plague killed 30 between when the, uh, the numbers the estimates between 30 to 60 percent of the entire population in europe they died they just found boils under their armpit or in your groin once you found a boil within a week you were dead you had this black and purple spot and you were dead and literally between 30 to 60 just imagine that one in two people died like about 400 million people died from this pandemic, right? And so just think about, think about, think about, think about what that means. Like, think about what they must have gone through in that time, what they must have been in the session. And that time also sparked the Renaissance, right? Because it, it didn't just happen. The Black Death didn't just happen. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, yeah, back to normal. No, it wasn't back to normal, right? Like, Like, the landscape changed. Like, you know what happened? Peasants that used to work the fields in agriculture. Peasants were like, you know, they were called peasants. They were basically nobodies, right? Mm. When the when 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 the Black Death happened in 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 the in the Dark Ages, and people started to die, literally, people were dying in, in the in the in the millions and, and getting buried, right? What became essential was agriculture, because wow. people still needed to eat, right? And because agriculture became important, and the peasants were dying off, the peasants became essential. So the peasants started to get paid more because, because field owners needed more peasants to work their fields. Right. You see what I'm saying? So the people we consider to be useless, like the peasants that work the field, in the time of the of the of the of the dark ages and the black death, the peasants became the most important people on the planet, right? So it's important to understand like like Essentiality or importance is relative. It depends on the context, right? And so and so obviously that that sparked, you know, a revolution and sparked, you know, Renaissance. And it's important to that's why I say history is so important because you gotta look back. This has happened before, it's been worse than this before, right? But look at what came out of that, right? And then come back to today and think, okay, this is happening again. Like it's not, it's not new, it's happening again, right? Mm -hmm. Think about what's what the dynamic of importance is shifting, how Zoom is becoming more important than 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 um. Facebook almost. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook, right? Like yeah. our party is becoming more important than, than Ford, right? It's like nobody's nobody's going anywhere, right? So so the airlines are becoming less important than, than Zoom. Like that's crazy.
0: Yeah. And so
1: think about how the dynamics are changing and think about how what kind of renaissance this is sparking in and what's gonna look different, right? How 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 is travel gonna be different after this? How is education gonna be different after this? Like how are things gonna be different? Because I think the trick is things are not going to stay the same. You know what yeah. I mean. Like, do not, don't fool yourself. Go look and go look in history, right? And so, mm. so, it's important now for you to, you know, this is your learning experience, your opportunity to look at what's essential, what's not essential, and how do you position yourself. In the future, to working on things that are essential to human to human progress and things that are essential to human to our civilization, um, and and I think that's just the that's just good advice. Like just work on essential things because you know when things get tough, the non essentials get cut off, uh, and you don't you know just from a realistic from a practical perspective. Also, I mean, if your business gets shut down because of some you know something happening, like this is not going to be the last pandemic. It wasn't the first. It's not going to be the last. There's going to be more. There's going to be other things we haven't thought about. These they call them black swans. Things that you don't even expect. Um, and they, they happen. And so you need to sort of prepare yourself for those things, but take times like this, even if you don't go back to history to study, which is probably the easier approach is go study what happened because it's happened before. But if you, even if you want to spend your time in the present, go ahead and study what's happening right now and think about it and think about what to anticipate for the future and position yourself to be in that future. Uh, for me, so far it's looking like, okay, I made a right bet. Right. Like like black <laughs> like, we, even, we we didn't even feel like Black I didn't even feel a pandemic, right? Like we've yeah. only had more students sign up to take courses and we're still like we've always been a distributed company. We've always been uh you know, we've always been an online company. So so that you know, I didn't see anything there. However, there's so many companies out there laying off people in in, in, the, in the thousands, right? Because um, you know, companies are laying off one in four of their of their workforce, one in two of their workforce, right? Just absolutely crazy. Um, and they're realizing they need to go back to what's essential. So, so you know, yeah. just just take some just take some advice from your playbooks and, and try you go back to what's essential uh, for yourself as well.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful. I think that's a, it's a profound shift, right? And I, I love your analogy in terms of looking back to understand where you need to move forward to and what's essential because you, you're absolutely right. We have completely rethought, you know, as a society, what we find essential. We're finding that family is essential. Health and wellness is, is essential, right? It's not the food and the atmosphere that's essential. It's the delivery <laughs> of the food. And oh, it, it, it's, it's, I think that's a powerful uh, mental model shift. So I want to show love to, to Tracy, who is saying spot on. I discussed that on my podcast last week about digging into our roles and seeing how we provide value in the supply chain of any business. Thank you so much, Tracy, for your amazing insights. Shout out to Salam, who is saying sound history lesson, AJ. <laughs> hand clap, hand clap, hand clap. You know, much love to Joseph, who's joining us and saying, Hey, what's good, AJ? And he's loving what you're saying as well. Mo. Bo is saying relearning, uh, kind of touching on what you were talking about earlier about your self-education. So she is feeling that as well. Joanne, Joanne, Mrs. Myers is saying, what tech do you use to understand people better, man?
1: Huh, this is good. So I think I'll start from just like what our society does today, like what Facebook does to understand you better, what Google does to understand you better. And, and that's just, uh they, they collect a lot of your data and they study it, right? That's like quantitative understanding of people. So, so it's just like, uh, taking, taking surveys of people, tracking what they're doing and using that to understand them better. Um, I think that gives you a perspective. I I don't think it actually tells you like, isn't tell you enough about people. Um, and this, these companies know that, right? So, so there are other things, um, I use, and I I like the qualitative understanding of people, just like understanding people. I I think simple mechanism, I'm going to share just simple mechanisms, like Mm. simple things, just like, just have conversations. And Joanne, I know you do this very well. You're really actually quite awesome at it. But just have conversations, with people. Have conversations with strangers. Like, how many times have you gone to? I don't know. Have you been at like a train station, depending on what city you're in? How many times would you just like start a conversation with a stranger? Like, we don't we don't even do that anymore. Like, we don't do that. We just like you be in the elevator and you just like everybody's just staring at the buttons. You know, it's like, boom. <laughs> and then we all we we're like, "Oh, have a good day!" Like, well, why you <laughs> say have a good day? We didn't have a conversation. You know, like we didn't even talk about anything. Um, like we're just programmed, you know. So, but how many? Like, when's the last time you actually just just have a conversation with a stranger and and don't just have surface conversations? Don't just like you know, if you don't want to talk, just don't talk. Don't don't even bother. Like you know, there's no point. Mm-hmm. But if you if you feel like you know you can you you know, and I understand like you know you could be an introvert, you know things like that, which I totally understand. Um, but maybe you don't maybe you don't have ten conversations maybe you have one conversation a year but just have a conversation and make it yeah. meaningful like like make it meaningful learn about the person ask some questions you know people love to share people love to you know ask some questions that maybe you're thinking about like 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 ask some crazy questions like what do you think about time you know like when you talk about when you say when you say when you say, when you say yesterday like what do you mean right like like look yeah. out your response to questions like that and people always have a response, let me tell you that. So yeah. <laughs> Look at how to respond and, and have these conversations. You know, uh, you know, a great philosopher, uh uh Socrates, that's what he did his entire life. He just he literally just went around, he went around the community. This guy didn't have a job, he didn't have anything, he just went around door to door and just asked the questions. And You've probably heard about the Socratic method today, right? Like that's yeah, why Socrates, right? So he just went around asking people questions, learning about them. And, and he's one of the like he knows. More about him than I know, than I might ever know, right? But he literally, like, and the way he got found, he's like, the way he uh the way he ate was just like whenever he would go like he was like whenever he would go door to door and just like ask to talk to people he basically asked them for food right so it's kind of annoying (laughs) Uh, but but so it was a little excessive but but yeah he got fed by just having conversations with people and you know he got to know more about people than i ever would so i feel like that's probably the easiest mechanism just have more conversations especially with strangers and um start a podcast. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> a podcast, so I don't have a podcast, but I think a podcast is the biggest hack to having conversations, right? Because because think about it. You want you're having a real authentic conversation, but at the same mm-hmm. time you're also creating knowledge and information for other people. Mm-hmm. Um it's just amazing. It's like the perfect, you know, and you're you're killing it. You're killing the game. Like this is oh, like thanks, up, right. So so I think that um yeah just have conversations and you can yeah. know about people and that's not even tech you know it's not really even tech it's just mm. like it's genuinely having conversations and i feel like maybe tech can help you have more conversations right like you can go on you can go on live and, and go on mm. ig live and talk to people maybe tech could increase um uh you know but but i would argue apps like house body are doing a better job of that than most other apps right because you yeah. They they encourage you to have real conversations, it's not just like I'm an influencer and I'm influencing you. Like what are you? <laughs> um, but yeah, do,
0: do you feel as if we're moving towards a more introverted world post COVID nineteen?
1: Let me think about that one. Um, you know, I don't know. I've never, to be honest with you, I've never really understood um, like introvert. I guess introverts versus extroverts. Like for example, for me, right. I like to think I'm an extrovert, but I don't completely believe it either. Because the thing is, I love talking to people. I love being like in the scene. I love, I love doing what's popular. I love being, you know, I love whatever. I just love being outside with people and stuff, right? But I also get drained, right? Like whenever, like you know, whenever I go give like a speech and there's like you know hundreds of people in the crowd whatever, and I give a speech and stuff, like I get drained. Like I'm tired. You know, it's not a bad thing. Like I experience. But like the definition of extroverts, is you're supposed to be energized by that experience. But I'm just tired. Like I just, like, you know, like I just want to lay down and just like like turn off my phone. And it'd be yeah. some weeks where like I don't want to talk to anybody, right? So I feel yeah. like, um, you know, I feel like it's not even black and white. You know, at least for me, it's not being it's not being like oh, I'm just like super extroverted. But at the same time, I don't think I'm an introvert. So I think there's probably mm-hmm. a medium there where I feel like more people are probably going to fall within that spectrum. Um. Yeah. Of of just being an introvert versus versus an, versus an extrovert, um, but I do think there's a tendency for us to want to be more. Um, you know, I haven't really thought a lot about this actually. I don't. I don't know fully. I haven't thought fully about this, but but I think there's things to consider, right? Like we live in an ind- individualist like society where people are like individuals, right? Yeah. And I feel like I feel like I feel like this experience is causing us to realize, like, oh my god, family is important, and we're, we're learning more about like the importance of community and, and communal experiences, even at the in your home. And so, you know, we're spending more time with our family. So, like, I wonder if like after this, we start to. Um, take that more seriously, like taking our family more seriously, like the things we actually realized were essential to us. I wonder if we're going to start to weigh that uh, highly than we've weighed it before. Um, yeah. But I don't know the answer to that. Actually, I don't know what, what the trend will be, but I think those are things to think about, like, and, and study going forward. So, okay, how do people, how do, how do people what how valuable do people consider family after this experience um mm. and and you know how 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 much more how much what lens do people go through to maintain communication like like you know are you having like for me i have daily calls with my friends right like we get on house party every day i don't work out alone i work out with a group of of, of seven people every day at 6 p.m central time we're on house party and we're doing a group workout right on the floor right there you know i have a I have a yoga mat put it there and we're working out together right and i guess something i've never done before right there's there's friends and i'll talk to every day i've not talked to them before the pandemic i haven't talked to them in years you know and so i'm experiencing changes in my life i know other people are too but i wonder what's going to stick and what's not and i don't know we'll see i guess 2022
0: yeah, that's powerful. So the last word today is going to go to Hope Atina. Thank you so much, Hope, for joining us on today's live episode of Unleashing the Future of Work. A Guy podcast. She says, oh, he says, I'm sorry, I think events will be more intentional and intense, but probably lower frequency initially. Great insights, so Hope. thank you for joining us. Ayula, thank you so much, man, for joining us on another live online episode of Unleashing the Future of Work. Man, what is your takeaway for our amazing community? How can they... Ensure that they're doing essential work moving towards the
1: future, man. Start by looking inside yourself. I'll be nice. honest with you. Like, study yourself, um, like, listen to yourself. Um, you know, we go through our days, just kind of, you know, just going through the days, reacting to impulses. And it's okay. I totally understand we're animals. Like, you know, we're, we're higher animals, but we are animals, right? So you just kind of go around acting to instincts. You see a notification there, you're clicking it. You know, somebody says, hey, come do this, you're doing it. You know, you're just kind of jumping at everything. And you're not really taking the time to listen to yourself. Like, what do you actually like doing? What do you not like doing? Mm. Um, what's what's interesting to you? What's not interesting to you? So stop listening to yourself. Start giving mm. yourself the opportunity to talk to yourself, right? Because there are always things in your brain. You're always sort of – your mind is always trying to talk to you, but you're not really listening. So give yourself the opportunity. Listen to yourself more. Think about your day throughout. Like, what times in your day are you having just an amazing experience? Like, oh, my God, like, this is, like <laughs> – wonderful and what times in your day are you just like not happy you know like those times don't just play it off don't just pick up your phone and try to like you know like watch tiktoks and and laugh it off like actually listen to yourself and say like why am i not happy right now like Mm -hmm. what exactly how can i how can i enhance this experience how can i make this experience enjoyable for myself how can i make it so that my entire day is just a ball of like happiness and delight, delight you know and delight and do times in your day where you're not enjoying your experience and think about how can I improve this part of my life you know how can I make this experience better right like not to think, but I want to, I want to put an image right in your head that's going to stick right imagine you 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 go to the toilet and you're not having a good time on the toilet like you know what I mean like that you know like how unfortunate, right? Like because we spend so much of our time on the toilet. Like think about how can you improve your toilet experience. Like how can you, you know, like you, you go to bed and your bed is not comfortable. Like listen to yourself. Like how can you improve your sleeping experience? Mm. Um you know just start with yourself and start looking at like how can I make my how can I make my experience better? And uh the more you take note of that, the more the easier it'll get for you to learn how to create things for other people because you've learned to listen to yourself and create things for yourself. Mm. Uh, so that'll be my biggest takeaway. It's not a hard task. Just focus on yourself. Um, give yourself
0: grace and listen to yourself powerful man powerful with that said thank you joanne thank you tracy thank you salam thank you joseph thank you every i I thought somebody was right beside me. i was like (laughs) i was like thank you kimberly (laughs) thank you mike for tuning in to this episode of unleashing the future of work with the fantastic Ayula. Ayula, where can the people follow you man and follow your movement brother
1: yes absolutely so the best place to get in contact with me just go to my website at ayulajohn.com. so that's a-y-o-o-l-a-j-o-h-n.com if you go to ayulajohn.com, you see uh, all my social media so you can connect with me on linkedin twitter instagram facebook medium i also write so you can read some of my stuff uh but just Ayulajohn.com is the best way
0: sweet man Ayula, thank you for so much for showing up today brother be well man brother yeah just <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to check us out on utfow.com, utfow.com. If you're interested in being a guest, please check out utfow.com, as well as sign up for, for information and news about Unleashing the Future of Work, and sign up to be one of the early testers for guide. Guideapp.co is where we're taking early app registrations. So definitely check out guideapp.co. If you're interested in being one of our creators and a part of our amazing creator community. Once again, if you're interested in being a future guest or sponsoring Unleashing the Future of Work, check out UTFOW.com. If you want to have, if you want to have early access to Guide, check out GuideApp.co. With that said, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Peace, love, and I will talk to you
1: all soon. Yeah. <laughs>